going? <gasps> no way! Inside a freezing furnace coated ash from head to toe. Hi, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your seriously pointless conversations about all your nerdy and geek things throughout time and across the magical orphanages of England. (laughs) That's right. You can thank Jackie for that intro today, guys. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about the newest animated movie from Studio Ghibli, Earwig and the Witch. Jackie, how are you doing today? Yay! I'm good. I'm doing well. You're doing good? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so at the time of this episode, uh, we're getting really close to the new baby, aren't we? We're getting really, really close, aren't we? Yeah. So it's (laughs) it's countdown maybe less than a week. That's what we're looking at. So I'm I'm gonna props off to you for actually coming out and helping me out with this because (laughs) I probably would not have done it in your shoes, but you're a better person than I am. So Flattery, thank you. Well, you know, I do my best. So anyway, so what else have you been up to? Uh, just reading Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. Yeah. I finished The Hobbit, now I'm on to Lord of the Rings. Are you liking it pretty pretty Very good? Very much so. I'm glad I'm rereading it because when I read it as a middle schooler, I didn't really appreciate it, and now I enjoy it a lot more than I yeah. remember. So I know, uh, so we have been actually watching the extended version along with while you're reading it as well, mm-hmm. do you see a lot of comparisons, similarities, things like that? Which do you like prefer right now at this the point? The book. Obviously. I mean, I like the the film is wonderful, but mm-hmm. I definitely prefer the book for the detail. Well, like a lot of things, I think that film adaptation kind of, le- it's more fun in my opinion, because film adaptations takes away all the guesswork. Because like in books, it leaves your imagination up to a little bit more. And your 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 brain kind of fills in the the blanks and kind of it's a little more fun, I feel. Mm-hmm. But that's just me, though. But yeah. Yeah. And speaking of that, this movie is based on a book, right? It is. So By yeah. Diana Wynne Jones. So that is the same lady that wrote the Howl's, Howl's Moving Castle. Castle. Yeah, which which I've read. And how did you feel about that? I did not really like the book, to be honest. That is one of the very very few exceptions where I prefer the movie over the book because I think what Hayao Miyazaki did in that film expanded so much and almost created a new yeah. world out of like the framework that he was given from the book. And mm-hmm. maybe I'm, I'm not British. So I didn't get yeah. the humor. It, mm. it just, it was a very strange juxtaposition of like a fantasy world, but then mixed with our world. And it, it it's another book. I would read it again to give it a shot, but I was pretty disappointed. Yeah. It I happened. But like I mean, it. it can't be all that bad when people like Neil Gaiman, think that it's it's yeah, she's a so, national treasure uh, yeah and a lot of people really laud her work but so far the only thing just, i read by her was house moving castle yeah, just, it was just not my thing just and didn't connect i read it later in my later high school years yeah so i was older um and it might have been more of like a children's type novel or maybe like a teenager type novel and you just might have been kind of mm-hmm. phasing out of that a little bit yeah who knows, who knows? i I'd, I'd give it another shot but just to see know. what it's like but at the very minimum, we love that movie, though. We, the movie is It's phenomenal. So that's that's yeah. kind of one of those things is like that Studio Ghibli kind of does is they they took a, a few liberties, but they kept a lot of the source material. But they did, well, but they did change. <laughs> they, they changed a lot. They did change a lot. But the they, book is very different from the film. But they they kept a lot of the main characters and things mm-hmm. like that. 
So like I said, that's that's with them. And I think they kind of did this a little bit in, in this film, Airwig. in Earwig. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, without spoiling too much, I think it's kind of where I think they dropped the ball a little bit. But but anyway, before we get into that, I um, I don't know if you've been noticing. So like we've been saying earlier, like we said earlier, I was uh, actually watching uh, Lord of the Rings, the extended versions mm-hmm. with you. Um, on top of that, I've actually been watching the Irregulars on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen this or not. It's it's kind of a weird Victorian sci-fi kind of thing. It's it's fun. I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I'm only I'm about six episodes in. I actually binged quite a bit of it last night, mm-hmm. and I was I was I've been pleasantly surprised to say the least, guys. So if you have not checked this out, check it out. It's one of the it's it's the better of the two. There's another one called The Nevers which is by Joss Whedon. He wrote and directed it. It's on HBO. It's not as good, in my opinion. I like the Irregulars a little bit more, but it's a little bit kind of a teen fantasy kind of thing going on there. But talking about misfires today, I think let's get into Yeah, I know. Get back into the... I know. Get the back. Story or lack thereof. Yeah. So but let's it's get. Not that let's. Bad. So it's let's start fun. with the 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 beginnings of Earwig. So Earwig and the Witch, or Aya and the Witch, which is the the Japanese is a Japanese computer animated fantasy film, which is CGI'd and is directed by Goro Miyazaki, who is Hayao's son, and it's based on the novel of the same name by Diane Wynne Jones. Uh, the original voice cast included uh, Shinobu uh, Terajima, uh, Etsui Toyokaya, Gaku Haranada, and Kokoro Hirasawa. Yeah, I was trying to be I slow and methodical. I was doing better because between you and James, I get dirty looks every time I try to do Japanese or like asian names or like and i i've took my time and actually researched those names a little bit so i think i kind of got it a better so uh the the film was actually co-production uh was a co-production between studio ghibli um and nhk and nhk nhk enterprises uh the film was originally aired on television on december 30th 2020 um so nhk is actually a japanese television studio that's what they do so they actually aired it on there first, and then it was scheduled to release uh, by Toho uh, Production Company. Uh, pushed it out in April 29th of 2021 before it was released. Well, that was the plan. Everywhere. To, they wanted to release it in theaters, right? Yeah. But they had to postpone it because of COVID. Yeah, it was a huge pandemic kind of like mess up because people had to do a lot of stuff from home. And like a lot of stuff in 2020, it, it got... The, the scheduling stuff got pushed back and moved around. And I think this that also kind of affected it a little bit from what I from what I've gathered. They did they're they're kind of staying tight lipped about this. From the few of the interviews that I've read and watched, they really just kind of said, well, maybe it just maybe we just misfired a little bit. They don't really go into explanations. Like a lot of Japanese uh business people, um they don't they just kind of try to move past their their misfires and try to do better. Um, they don't. Is, they don't want. It, which is it's it's healthy. I think that's better than just saying I suck, because it's it's one thing to admit your mistake, and it's one thing to just like 
go over and over again like well that sucked and that was bad and yeah blah, 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 so. well it's that's the one downside about interviews and things like that is they pretty much always ask the same questions over and over and over again mm-hmm. and i'm sure they kind of got probably got tired of talking about it and they're like we're gonna move on for this but on the plus side though i think this was one of the first films that hayo actually kind of supported his son goro from what i've gathered uh pretty readily they kind of like because so from what I was gathering, so this is this is the first fully three D CGI or CG'd animated film by Studio Ghibli. In the past, they've done things like working in a little bit of CG here, mm-hmm. but it's always been it, it's always been predominantly you know two D painted, uh, either painted or hand drawn. And so, because that's Hayao Miyazaki has been a huge proponent, and these are like old school animators that work mm-hmm. at the at, yeah. at at Studio Ghibli. That's- what I prefer. Which, honestly. Yeah. And so, whenever they finally said, hey, you know, you know, Goro came up and, was, you know, he'd done some other things. He'd done like Earth, Tales of Earth Sea through mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli, mm-hmm. which is another little, well, less received film from them. Didn't he came. Did he do Ponyo? Or he was very highly involved. In he was Ponyo. highly involved in it. And so, I think that's kind of where they're like, hey, because he was production, uh, part of their production team on that. And he also did a lot of the um, design uh, set designs, kind of like trying to set up uh, storyboards and things like that. He helped his dad a little bit with that. But in this one, he basically brought this idea to uh, Studio Ghibli. And he was like, hey, you know, I want to make this this film because it's by a similar, you know, by an author that did another book that that you guys have already done. And I want to adapt it to a film, but I want to make it my way. And he kind of pitched the idea and Hayo basically said, just do it. He says, just do it. Don't, don't worry about um, asking any of the older guys about, you know, their opinions. Any of the older guys goes, cause I think Hayo kind of, kind of has finally come to the realization a little bit. He goes, I'm not going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. And we kind of need to start stepping into the future a little, a little bit, but he goes, I want somebody different than anybody else that has been here. That's that's get their feet firmly planted in studio Julie to kind of like start that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, do you do you feel that from this a little bit? Yeah, I um, I'll be honest. I didn't care for the movie, but I do like I like the fact that Goro was trying to do something on his own. Yeah, and I think that he needs to separate from his father like big time because I think he trying to emulate what his dad does. He he's can't. not the same person, and no. he shouldn't be. And I think that. I, I like the film for that. The fact that he tried something different, mm-hmm. like he tried full CG. I wish though he would have made the characters look even different, like to try. And they are definitely Studio Ghibli characters. Are, just looking at them, but just they look three D. But I wish he would have gone even further personally. And like, if you're gonna go out on your own, do it. Like, just do completely you and figure out exactly. like what is your style. And I think that. I think he was still trying to hold on to tradition and his dad's well, that's, style. That's the hard thing, right? I mean, it'd be kind of like Walt, like a Walt Disney kid trying to be an animator after their dad's created this empire. I mean, it's essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like any kid that comes in and kind they of takes to fill. They 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 choose. Yeah, they they choose to fill those big shoes, and it's a hard thing to do. So. When he gets into there, they, he Hayo kind of basically says, you know, just do what you want, go full steam ahead. So whenever he starts, he he basically 
talks to a lot of the younger staff that are at the studio. He doesn't talk to any of the older staff that have been there for a while. And he primarily focuses on using them to help work with the work on the project. And so the thing he always kind of talked about in, in some of the interviews he did was no one except for him has really at the studio has ever like handled CG animation. So he kind of had, kind of had to teach some of the younger staff to how to do this. And it can show a little bit, you know, it shows a little bit. This is their freshman try of trying mm-hmm. to move into a different animation style a little bit. So, but as he moves along, he, he does hit a few things that I think I enjoyed a little bit. Like the music in this was pretty decent. Yeah. I enjoyed um, the music. Yeah. Which it's very, it's very music centric. The whole, yes. the whole thing. And I think that's another thing he tried to do that was different from his dad a little bit because dad does a lot of uh, musical scores are very heavy. They set emotional tones and things like that mm-hmm. in his movies. And yeah, this, he didn't really see that as much. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't do that as much, but he was trying, I could tell he was trying to do more of a new, um, a more modern take on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he definitely pushed with more of like the a rock, like a rock, rock and roll type thing. I yeah. wish he, again, that's, that would be my biggest critique of this movie is I wish he had done more, pushed even more on that because the song, the don't disturb me song, that's yeah. like the theme they just repeat that over and over again. Over, I wish they could have yeah. expanded or had multiple know, different songs, yeah, yeah. multiple songs from that band. Because as far as I'm concerned, the band earwig and the witch or just earwig was the name of the band. That's their only song. Yep. Like one hit wonder. And I think that he could have expanded more on that. So I know we've been kind of talking a little bit, we've been kind of bashing the production and the, you know, the development of but it a little still, bit. I mean, so what, merit, like. no, it, no, it is definitely not. So tell me what the, the, the actual movie is about. So this is, plot. so okay. before the, from this point on guys, we're going to do spoilers because you know, this is pretty much the whole movie. The whole, the whole movie is only like an hour and a half. It's a, yeah, it was short. Yeah. Hour and 20 minutes. Short, it's a very short film, which is pretty typical in most Japanese films. Um, but the plot, but the, the, yeah, go and go and do the plot. Yeah. Well, so it's, um, I'm going to cheat from your notes, but I could summarize it pretty well. It's the 1990s in England, and we see a witch on a motorcycle with a baby. You don't realize that till later, but she ends up on the doorstep of basically an orphanage, St. Morwald's Home for Children. I didn't catch the name of it in the film, but basically like an orphanage. Yeah. And she's telling her daughter, like, oh, you'll be happy here. They make the best shepherd's pie or whatever. So you can kind of assume that she was there at one point. But um, she leaves the baby on the doorstep um, with a note that her name is Earwig. Um, The matron finds the baby and she says, well, Earwig is an awful name. We're going (laughs) to change it to Erica Wig. She's Erica, Erica now. And so they take her in. Um, Then, you know, they jump forward to the future. Earwig's like 10 years old. She's got these crazy pigtails. She's very sassy, very sassy. And she basically runs the orphanage. Um, Everybody does what she wants. She enjoys living there. It's her home. Um, She has her goofy friend Custer, little blonde boy that is like her little servant, um, but follows her around. And you kind of see them have a couple of ventures, but then one day this strange couple, Bella Yaga and the Mandrake, come and they adopt Earwig. She doesn't want to be adopted, but they adopt her anyway. Take her to their house, and Bella Yaga 
reveals that she's a witch and she only got earwig because she wanted an extra pair of hands. A slave, apparently. Yeah, yeah, earwig is like, well, I will help you, but you are going to teach me magic. So she's trying her, I'm going to run the show again, and it doesn't really work out initially. Um, Definitely definitely does not run. No, she tries to escape. She... It doesn't work out. She can't get out of the house. It's been magically sealed. But then she, um, well, you know, Bella Yaga won't teach her magic. The mandrake kind of ignores her. And she finds all these old uh, records from the band Earwig and listens to those. Um, So she's got that going on. But then she finds out the cat Thomas can talk, the familiar. (laughs) And then they basically make a spell to protect them from magic. So that's like goo. Yeah, they slather themselves in this goo. And then that way, Bella Yaga can't (laughs) punish them. It's pretty funny, actually. Um, And Earwig figures out, tries to figure out spells on her own. And she does cast a curse on Bella Yaga to give her an extra pair of hands literally on her body. Um, I think one's on her rear and one's on her nose. Yeah. <laughs> Little arms. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and Bella Yaga's furious, of course, and then s- summons like magical worms. And they. I'll give you worms. Yeah. That's her, always her threat is she's going to give her worms. And so she like gives her the worms and the cat is freaking out because he's like, oh, this is bad, bad. And they don't affect um, Earwig, but she instead she pokes a hole in her room. <laughs> like the wall and it connects to the mandrake's room and she shoves all the worms in there and Mm -hmm. then he like loses his ever loving mind so like this this whole house is just magical and so like the other rooms that she thinks she's like shoving them into the bathroom but it's actually going into the mandrakes yeah i think she knows kind of what she's kind of yeah they because she's peered in that hole and seen the mandrake on his organ playing yeah. And he's a whole weird character in and of himself. Bella Yaga is just kind of a fat, angry witch with blue hair. But the Mandrake, you think, is like, is he even human? Like, oh, I feel he's, like he's a demon. He's definitely a demon. He's like this super tall guy with his big elf ears. Yeah, he's definitely a demon. Crazy eyes. But he, yeah. I, and then kind of like after that whole... They have a weird jump? Yeah, they have a weird jump after that whole like scenario... I'm trying to remember what exactly happens, but it doesn't seem like it's much time before then you see. Um, it's kind of like in this beautiful bed and like has this. Well, so like Earwig, she kind of becomes friends with the Mandrake, and the Mandrake basically kind of tells uh, Bella Yaga like, that they're gonna yeah. get her get her shit together, basically, and like yeah. you're gonna help her. So you're gonna you know, teach her to be. Yeah, a witch. don't don't quit being a jerk, essentially. Yeah. And he's like, we're going to get along. And Bella Yaga, eventually, I think she kind of like. Well, she warms up. And kind then, of eventually warms up to. But you don't her. you don't really see, see that it, development. Yeah. It's just kind of an instant switch where they're bringing yeah. her like breakfast in bed. Or the little demons that work yeah. for the mandrake are huh. serving Hello, her mistress. now. Yeah. And so like. Like these little wind, little wind demons. Yeah. She, she's back in her element of, well, she's the queen again. And everybody's doing what she wants. Yeah. Then it just kind of ends on Christmas. Like, yeah, like they're they're there and her 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 buddy, her buddy um, Custard is there. Visit. Custard is visiting. She gets to go back yeah, to school. Go and, so yeah. she gets to see him at school. Big spoiler! Big spoiler! Her her mom shows up then. Yeah, and then that's just like randomly. The, end of the movie. Yeah, her mom's at the gate with Custard, and then they open the door, and Earwig's like, "Oh, hello!" But she you know she doesn't recognize her, and the mom's like, "Earwig." And, 
you found out that the mom was in the band with Bella yeah. Yaga and the Mandrake. They were all together at yeah. one point, but then they had a falling out. And Bella Yaga was way smaller. Yeah, than... she was a lot skinnier. And then <laughs> they don't like explain any of that. It just kind of ends really, really abruptly. Yeah, I just feel like when it ended, we both looked at each other like, "Wait, that's it." WTF? You know, like, <laughs> like is that it? Yeah, like, are we are we not getting anything else out of this? So, like, I. That's why that's I think that was the biggest letdown for me throughout this whole thing was like, oh, like, why? Why did it just randomly stop? And like, why was this? It almost feels like they were in the middle of trying to move the story along and they didn't have any material or they wanted to cut time or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're going to cut this right here because it's convenient. And then did we're going to really yeah, rush the end. Like the ending was way too rushed. And yeah. I, it just felt like. I mean, I got, I finally got over the animation. Like it just bothered me. I wish we had seen it in Japanese. I feel like the dubbing, like the voices would have matched better with the mouth movements because that was something that that kind of bothered me a little bit too. Yeah. It really bothered me. Like I couldn't watch the faces. It was visibly off. It was not the level of Studio Ghibli, Disney, like no dubbing because i've watched a lot of pixar films in spanish yeah and it's flawless like you can tell they put a lot of effort into making the you know the dialogue match with the mouth movements in this film it just felt like yeah they half-assed that well from we'll get into it a little bit later i think their budget was significantly less than like a lot of the other like studio Mm -hmm. ghibli movies i think they were just giving him enough money to try the project to see how well he did and I think it's probably a smart, it was a smart thing on their on their end, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But anyway, so let's get into some of the themes that I guess you see in here. Like, do you see anything that really sticks out to you other than just weirdness or a little bit of growth <laughs> or like a little bit of like artificial family a little bit? Yeah, the family thing for sure. Like, um, again, I just really wanted to know what the heck happened with earwig's mother Mm -hmm. and the band because that was something where they kind of lead up to that and because earwig's mom was the lead singer which in the dub they have casey musgraves as her voice and she's a very good singer and i thought that was a nice choice like she her singing was very good the lyrics were kind of silly but that happens when you translate so like i get it. it's never perfect Um, yeah but I mean, that's kind of a family theme is the Mandrake and Bella Yaga. Well, I mean, did you even see any themes or themes? Or were you just so focused on the story <laughs> plot holes that you just couldn't figure out like if there was anything I going mean, on? It, it's hard to say. I feel like the family, yeah, because Earwig is, she has in the orphanage her own family that she's kind of made. Yeah. She's like the boss. She's and, kind of the matron at that point, even though yeah. even though the matron of the the orphanage isn't she's really in got charge. Her around her finger, <laughs> earwig does, and like the earwig, um, she doesn't really seem to be upset at all that she never had a mom. Like yeah. she doesn't that doesn't bother her. There's no like looking for mom thing. Um, and when she gets to the new family, it's not even like that. I want to make this a family. It's, I just want to get what I want. She's really kind of a selfish little brat. She is a brat. Like, yeah. and I think that's one reason that I didn't enjoy it because she's, sometimes you can play a character like that and they'll be plucky and confident. Or maybe, or maybe they play, or maybe they kind of do the useless thing and like, you know, I'm talking useless from, uh, the, um, the Voyage of the Dawn Treader from the C.S. Lewis oh, one, okay. where he starts as like like a, a little turd, 
and then he like and he eventually kind of grows into a better person or at least yeah. learns that it's not all about him and that would have been nice to happen with earwig but it, it didn't it just kind of she gets what she wants um she suffers a little bit then she gets yeah. what she wants still and that i was just kind of like i really hated her she was such a little snot and it was like i didn't feel like she grew as well, a person well let's uh, let me ask she you this since you have just been like just straight up dumping on the Sorry. on the film for most of that what did you like about the movie uh, or how about this what's your favorite who's your favorite character in the movie can i just ask you that the, probably the mandrake yeah he was pretty fun he's just like and it's crotchety old hateful he, demon man. He gets mad and his eyes just start red smoke starts coming out of his yeah. ears and then fire out of his head and I it's know, just great. He just looks really silly. He's super like fixated on food. Yeah, and it's like whenever <laughs> Bella Yaga insults the bring food. Me, bring me the fish and chips from the pub down the road. Yeah, and it, there's something that she, she's like, oh, we're having this again. And he's like, that's just my favorite meal. <laughs> and then she shuts up real fast. And it's it's just weird because it's like, what even is their relationship? Yeah, like, are they? They're not. They're not romantically, not romantically involved. involved. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's platonic. She just serve him, and because then you see with flashback to the band that the um, earwig's mom was trying to kiss him. Yeah, and so it's like, well, were they a thing? And yeah, it's, it's just so. I feel like there there were just a lot of holes, but I think they're, they're, all of that said, yeah. I think like, he chose. Yeah, I think he chose the wrong things to put in the film to yes. kind of fill out the story. But, I mean, I mean that said, the animation is not bad. I personally no. just don't like CG, but I liked the colors and I thought the details were nice, and the music was good. Just if they could have elaborated and done more, and I think overall the fact that Goro tried something new that I like. Like I, I just, if I was around Goro, I would like slap him on the back and say, you know, you went like 50% in like go 110. Like, yeah, come on. He definitely, like, totally, he, he definitely just, like totally do your thing. He definitely, on, he definitely, yeah. don't be afraid. Like, like I feel like his wings were clipped from the beginning. Well, and I he think he just, hamstringed himself. Yeah. Because he was he was afraid, I think honestly. Which, I to mean, be fair, a lot of people too. a lot of people are like a lot of people can be like that. So, um, but anyway, so wrapping this up because this is going to be a sh- kind of a shorter episode today, guys. We're just doing a quick little review on this. Mm-hmm. So, um, the the release and the reception of the film obviously was mixed. I think it's originally was supposed to be released in uh, at the 2020 Cannes Film Festival, but that was canceled obviously because of COVID. But then it was later on uh, released at the Lumiere uh, Film Festival in Lyon, Metropolis on a- October 18th, 2020, and then later released in November 2020, or I'm sorry, December 30th, 2020 uh, on uh, Japanese television. And then again, it was released on July 7th um, uh, through G Kids, I believe that's what it was, yeah, which was G-Kids. the they did a, the distribution on that. Um, and you actually G-Kids were is good. Good yeah, stuff. and you were able to see it on HBO Max on uh, this last this last February, I believe, is when we saw it. So they released it on that. Um, and obviously, it's been released for Blu-ray and all that stuff. And they actually did the same thing. They actually released the Japanese theatrical version, which I don't know if it's that's longer. 
I don't know. It, I'm sure there's going to be a difference there because it seemed a little different. But anyways, um, so obviously they they had all the release. Toho did the big release in Japan and things like that because they do a lot of that stuff over there. But anyways, in regards to the reviews, I think between COVID hitting it and the fact that it had a theatrical review, release and also it, would, it also had the at home release, I think there was stuff cut out of the home release. That's just me because that's the only thing that could make sense to me. I haven't looked into it a lot, but I think that's kind of what happened. I think if we can get our hands on maybe a Japanese theatrical release, it might be a little longer. That's what I would think. That might help because it just, there were a lot of things that didn't make sense and it wasn't a cultural issue. Mm -hmm. It was just like, like things were missing is what it felt yeah, like. Straight up. Like it literally felt like things were cut out of the movie removed and then it was smooshed together. Mm -hmm. So, but anyways, that really hampered the, the, the critical reception and the commercial reception of the movie as well. So it sits at about a 33% of, uh, on uh, rotten tomatoes. It's, it's a 5.2 5 10. 10. Yeah, it's 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 oh, it's man. basically saying this is a movie and that's kind of what they can said. I at. read the quote you Go go ahead and put it, yeah. <laughs> With a story as uninspired as its animation, Earwig and the Witch is a surprising and near total misfire for Studio Ghibli. Yep. And that's why I said it's it's mixed to average reviews yeah. and it just shows that not everyone, you know, hit, you know, goes on all cylinders. It's kind of like with Walt Disney and Fantasia back in the day. It didn't make him any money. It was a big, just like step forward for him. And nobody really was into it, you know? Well, I don't think that this, but this, this is, this doesn't have that. This is not going to come back no. and say, you know, you know, this is the greatest thing that they've ever made. No, yeah. I don't think this is I, ever. I don't know that this will even get a cult following. It might, it, it's not bad enough to be like, laughable because you know like bad yeah. movies can be so bad they're good it's yeah. not like that the only thing i could think that could possibly save it is if they cut some stuff from the film that they still have either in the japanese theatrical version or they have uh, a, a full director's cut that they missed mm -hmm. that they just didn't release and that might be able to they might be able to release and help save this a little bit but well, i don't know i it's it was it was a misfire, but again, I think you got to be—you've got to be willing to take that leap yeah. to make any progress. So Absolutely. the fact that Goro took that leap, I'm proud of him, and I want to commend him, and I want him to keep doing his own thing and don't be your dad, and that's okay. Exactly. I—that's I, my final thought on it. I 100—I 100% okay. agree with that. Like I said, he needs to try and step out of his father's shadow a little bit. Kind of do—he's starting to do that. A little bit, but I think he just needs to completely do it and just step all the way out and just make something zany and something that he absolutely enjoys that's nowhere near connected to his dad. I agree. I think it's what he should do. And I think once he does that, I think he'll be his own person and it'll be his own hit, I think. Mm -hmm. So, and that's I think that's all about, and that's, but the thing is, that's all about growing up and becoming your own person. So, but anyways. Jackie, I want to say thank you for sitting with me for this brief period and just <laughs> dumping on a, a film studio that we love and enjoy. But sometimes you have a few misfires here and there. Well, so it makes me feel better because I make mistakes and then it's like, it's OK to make mistakes. Yep. But it ha what do you do for mistakes? You learn from them and you get back up exactly. and you try again. That's, That's what the you do. That's the moral of the story. 
That's the moral of the story. Amen. And also, if you want to waste your time, go watch Earwig and the Witch. That's my opinion. So, Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Anyways, guys. Thanks for coming by, guys. We're going to head out of here today. And like I said, uh, we might have a little break here in a little bit um, because of the new baby coming. But if uh, hopefully we'll have a, a consistent schedule for a little bit and James will come over, hopefully once he feels a little better and get some uh, episodes kicked out from you. I also might hear a little bit of maybe Jackie will help me out a little bit. Maybe you might hear the little big a little bit every once in a while. So anyways, guys. Thanks for coming by. Again, if you like uh, what you hear here, like and subscribe. Hit that uh, notification button to let us know, let you know whenever we have um, new episodes weekly. And also check our back catalog. We're having a ton of stuff come out. Um, and also probably about this time, we might have had a Pirates of the Caribbean episode uh, from Not Your Father's podcast coming out that I went over and, and talked to him about. It's on episode or uh, movies four and five uh, that we've already talked about in our in our uh, episode of one. Um, and it's going to probably be a lot of dunking. So we'll see how it goes. So either way, guys, thanks for coming by and we will see you next week. Bye, Jackie. Bye. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, Add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.